you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. Lucky number 13, episode 13, man. Today, we're going to talk about consequences, uh, which a lot of people probably just shut off this uh, podcast. No one wants to hear about the consequences, but they are true and real, and we have to face them. But, Bruce, when we talk about consequences, what exactly are we addressing? What do we mean by we're talking about consequences today? Sure. When uh, when we're talking about consequences and what is this uh, podcast called again? Life after addiction. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about uh, the aftermath of a previous lifestyle now that we're walking in a new lifestyle. And so these things are common that you can actually expect for that, that are going to be that way. In fact, I'm still dealing with some residual consequences five years later after mm-hmm. – uh, Changing the direction of my life and and not living that lifestyle anymore. So that's that's what we're talking about because they can be difficult. Sometimes it can be the thing that wants to remind us of the old identity and not our new identity. And sometimes it can even cause people to trip and and fall back. Yeah, yeah. And so here's the the thing that I see most when it comes to consequences is uh, people not doing what they know they should be doing because of consequences, and so it's fear. It's fear of what could happen, what might happen, and a lot of times what does happen is keeping people from going the direction they should, doing the things they should. So that's one angle. And then we'll talk about also, man, like you just said, you are doing what you should be doing. You are living the life you should be living, and man, you're still reaping some of the things that you sowed in the life that you are not that person anymore. Absolutely. That's tough. Yeah, and when, when we talk about, let's just, I want to address the severity of these consequences because sometimes, and we see this a lot, Adam, a guy will come through our program and stay with us for 42 days, 84 days, whatever that looks like, and then just about upon the release or he's got to go back to his probation officer, he's dealing with some consequences of yeah. things that he didn't deal with in, in that life uh, being responsible. And so let's just, he's got to go back to jail, let's say, mm. right? And we see that all the time, right? Yeah. So we got a guy, he's found new life, he's got a new belief system, he's, you know, on fire for the Lord, I'm not an addict anymore. And then he finds himself a week af- out of uh, the program in jail. Yeah. And, uh, man, that's difficult. That's That's the hardest scenario. Yeah to have to deal with because now you find yourself surrounded by your old lifestyle. Yeah. People dealing with their consequences and let's just face it, sometimes, man, addiction can be harder to get away from in jail than it is out of jail. Yeah. And so here, here, the twofold thing to, to what I want to say, the truth, being righteous, telling confession, all of those things you should do despite the consequence. Whether it's there, whether it's not, whether it's severe, whether it's not, God calls us to a place of righteousness. So there's that side. And then also, how my response, and I'm going to kind of go on a little rant if you don't care, but my response to how to deal with the consequences on this side of things, right? I'm not living wicked, but yet, man, I, I, the phone calls of the people that I owe money to, the organization, my phone still rings saying they're going to take me to court. And all, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think most of those are probably fraud, but... But it still brings me back hey, to man, a place. Hey, man, I still get those today, five years later. Yeah, and it brings you back to a weird place for a moment. But here's what I would say, and I want to go to the Scripture. 
Uh, I'm reminded of, of, especially in the addiction world, uh, of Jacob in the Bible. And not because he had an addiction, but he was known for manipulation, mm-hmm. right? He was the young, he had a twin brother named Esau, but technically Esau was born first, so he was the oldest son. Um, man, and, and Jacob, I guess, was, was not the man's man that Esau was. And it was always living under this, that he knew Esau was going to get the blessing uh, of the father, of his father, right? He was going to get the land. He's going to do this. Well, I'll try to keep it short, but Jacob ends up manipulating his brother uh, over a, a bowl of soup. Yeah. Uh, he was starving to death, manipulates him to give him his birthright, which yeah. is different than the blessing, which the birthright of the oldest. Talk about controlling issues, and we just talked about this last episode, yeah. expectations. And- yeah, so yeah. the birthright, just to kind of sum that up for you guys, if you were the eldest boy in that time, the you would get basically two-thirds of everything, and then the other third was be split amongst the other children. So the birthright was a big deal, and Esau manipulates his brother to give him the birthright over some soup. We're talking about <laughs> some soup. Later on, he, uh, Jacob goes in and manipulates his father, who was blind and near death. I mean, to the point he was putting like animal fur on his arm so he could resemble Esau, right? And like manipulates his father to give him the blessing too. Yeah. So we can we relate had a little to that. help from his mother. His mother helped him out a little bit there, but so you see this kind of this sowing seeds of manipulation and not being honest and deceit and these kind of things. Okay, well let's look at the life that Esau or Jacob is someone that is a hero of our faith. Later on, God calls him Israel, Israel, the nation of Israel from yeah. him. The the twelve tribes of of Israel came from Jacob. Yeah. So obviously he's a he's a hero of our faith, and God used him in a mighty way. But let's look at some of the things that he had to reap after sowing some deceit. Okay, well he goes to to marry a woman, right? He goes to marry a woman, falls in love. I believe Sarah falls in love with her at first sight. Goes to her father, asks for her hand in marriage. You have to work for me for seven years. Boy, that was no, that's nothing. I love this woman. She's beautiful. I'm in love with her. Works for works for her father for seven years. On the wedding night, Daddy O gives does a little switcheroo. Jacob marries her sister, and, and doesn't realize it because they have the dark veils. You don't even realize yeah. what you're doing until afterwards. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "What?" Goes back to the father and has to work for him for another seven years, and then another seven years after that to be able to afford two wives. So twenty one years to marry the woman he should have in seven years. He reaped some things that he sowed. Let's go to something else. Okay, well, he had a son, Joseph. He loved his son. Jacob loved his son, Joseph, and the Bible makes it clear it's his favorite son. He was the golden boy. Well, his own children, just like Jacob did to his father, manipulated him and said that his son, Joseph, was killed by wild animals when, in fact, they sold him into slavery. Having to reap these things, and at this point, Jacob was living righteous. He had the 12 tribes, his children. God was blessing him. And at this point, he was Israel. He wrestled with God and God renamed him and he was living righteous, but he had to reap some things. So how do you deal with that? Know that it's not like this. You've got to reap some things that you sow. God doesn't always say that he's going to remove us from the baggage and from the the consequences of life of the things that we reaped. But we have a promise, Bruce. What is the promise that he gives us? Freedom. And he's with us. Freedom from the past and that he's with us now. I love it. And Bruce's, one of Bruce's videos, Bruce has had like two videos like professionally made about his story. He's kind of a celebrity and he's on this podcast. <laughs> so, and he says it like this, Bruce. You say it like this, man. It's really cool. You go, I, I, all of the search circumstances were still there. And believe me, there were a lot of them. But what was cool, you said that God was going to walk you and show you 
that he was going to be with you through those. Talk a little about that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, God grows us through the trials in our life. And I think this is kind of a hard thing for people to grasp in terms of the agape love that we know of our Lord, which is different than how we define love here on earth, and that God can be severe, which almost seems punishing at times, but he's doing it because he loves us. Yeah. Uh, because he knows he's going to grow us through that circumstance. Um, but most of the time, it's the circumstances we created for ourselves uh, that he's not going to remove, and therefore he's going to walk us through them. So we trust him more, we grow in the process, and um, and that's what God did with me in the circumstances I created for myself, which was, there were a mm-hmm. lot of them. Yeah. And I, I, first I want to just address, because I think what you're – Presenting here are two different types of consequences. One is the, the the seeds that we sow of discontent that come back on us, and I'm not talking about karma. I'm yeah. talking about the fact that we teach others by the way we behave, right. and then they we can't be surprised if they act the same way towards us, uh, and and so. Or God's going to use that to teach us how we could walk should walk out of our uh, inability to to act differently in right. the way we create circumstances. So that's one thing, and I think that totally emulates the story of Jacob and what happened to him afterwards and what he had to deal with. Uh, but there's another circumstance that uh, we're addressing also is that the things that you actually did, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually, to others, uh, that got you in situations which now you have to pay the price for. Right. And and I don't mean by just the way somebody else is going to treat you, but I mean the things that you did, which you now have to uh, account for. I may have to go back to jail. I've called a bunch of people and borrowed money. Now they want it from me. You know, it's like uh, things that I did uh, that I don't longer do anymore, but now I have to face those things and walk through it because I created that. Um, and I think in terms of life after addiction, we, we deal with both of those things, sure. uh, obviously. Uh, and and it, you don't even deal with that just as an addict, man. We, we all, as human beings, deal with the consequences of our actions. Yeah. Uh, so what do you say to the person who's uh, living a life after addiction and they've got the heart of God, they've got the right attitude, they're, they're making an effort? as the Bible says, make every effort to confirm your calling and to grow in this way, uh, that when these things creep up, how do we handle them? Yeah. What's the perspective we look at? And that's, I think, what I feel like we can address right now. I think another episode is just sowing seeds of discontent and how we have to deal with that. But, man, because these things are going to confront us, and what do we do about it? Because I think the fear is... For the person who's looking at the addict is, man, they're just going to go right back to it. This is going to destroy them, you know, this kind of thing. And uh, and it, it very well can mm-hmm. because we're dealing with an identity thing and an enemy who wants to convince you that's who you still are. And look at the stuff you have to deal with. Man, that's just a reminder of who you really are. You can think that you're saved by God and that you've got a new lifestyle and you're not an addict anymore, but look what you still have to deal with. Right. Man, that's all addict stuff. Right. And, and my response, and I think both... 
the the circumstance, the example from Scripture, right, uh, with Jacob, and the things that we face both today, both styles, whether it's physically like, man, I did so, I drank so much, now I have liver consequences, or I did these crimes, now I have legal consequences, yeah. or both, I looked at pornography for so long that I can't get the images that are seared in my head out. Now. Right. Uh, I think the answer to both of those is the same, in that. I believe what what the enemy meant to harm you, or let me put it, let me use another verse from Romans, um, that all things work together for the good of those who love God according to and, and are called according to His purposes. That doesn't mean that all things are good. That doesn't mean that those images. That doesn't mean that the going to jail. That doesn't mean that your liver hurting. That doesn't mean any of this stuff is good. But it can work for the good. Now, how in the world could it do that? How in the world could all things? work for my good, when I just described some things that were not good. Well, because they can be working. Same thing we talked about. We maybe talk about it in every episode <laughs> because a lot of the questions that come in are, how do you deal with this? How do you do? It's because God is going to use that to, uh, man, I think you were talking about a scripture, uh, or maybe I was reading it, I don't remember, but it was, um, God talks about the, a, a gold uh, refined by fire. Mm-hmm. Like, come, and it's in Revelation. A gold refined by fire. I'll give you a gold refined by fire. And when sanctification happens, and that's just a big word. If you don't, it's a theological word. It's a just, purification. Yeah, it's purif- a becoming more like yeah. in the image of Christ, the one degree of glory to the next. Man, that, that a lot of times that's not fun, right? A lot of times it stings, and a lot of times it's those trials that we're facing that we're told to take joy in um, because we know it's doing something. You know, it, we know that it has a purpose because God says that all things work for the good. Yeah. Can I use kind of an illustration or analogy here? And you know, I'm a military guy, yeah. a combat veteran. And so I still, 25 years later today, you know, it's just anybody who's a veteran knows like what I'm saying. It just seems like it was yesterday. And so we still find ourselves making these same kind of uh, illustrations or how we, we look at life according to our military experience. And Man, I signed up for the military, right? And the consequences of that, I felt very painfully in boot camp. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and many people quit and give up in boot camp because the whole point of boot camp is to train you to do something you thought you couldn't do. Oh, wow. And through that training, although painful, the outcome is that you have more confidence in yourself. Mm. You have the ability to endure circumstances that normally you couldn't, and that you have more belief of yourself and your comrades of what you're capable of doing on a larger scale. And that's the whole point of boot camp. Yeah, they're going to try to teach you how to shoot a weapon and stuff, but man, a lot, most of what they do is just stresses that seem ridiculous. Breaking you down. uh, Because they're breaking down an old belief into a new belief. Wow. And so, as an illustration, I could say that's somewhat similar to what God's doing in the circumstances that he'll walk us through, whether we created them or not, mm. in order for us, and this is why it works all things together for our good and for his glory, it's just, is that it's training us. Yeah. It's teaching us something. That's it. And let's face it, we all know this to be true. The, the biggest teacher of the human species is a trial, yeah. is an experience that brings pain sure. where it becomes so real that we have to make a choice to either endure through it. And when we do endure through it, we learn something out of it. Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, that's the time we have for consequences. Now, guys, Bruce and I didn't 
cover every aspect of that. We, if we had an hour and a half show, we'd still be talking about it. But we want to get to the question at hand here. Uh, and the question is this. Um, it says this. Discuss how important it is for someone who's gone to rehab and have left rehab to stay plugged in. Um, and and what, what I'm assuming is, is this person that's asking the question has gone to rehab, maybe experienced. So we don't know who this is. Not plugging. Well, I do. I'm just not going to say their name. Okay. Not plugging in um, and maybe seeing that that was something that they should have done. So th- the, he's asking us to discuss how important it is to plug in. And, and I'll start with just saying – uh, and then let you close this out. I'll, I'll start with just saying it is an utter failure by us if we do not have someone understanding how important it is to plug in. In fact, Bruce, a part of, as you know, listeners, uh, a part of our discharge policy, a part of our discharge policy is that we must have someone plugged into a church of their that they know of where they're going back home, wherever it is in the country now. Um, or we have a meeting set up for them to meet with a church to get plugged into a strong body of believers. And, and one of our criteria is that it is a Bible-believing, teaching church. Vitally important, vitally important to stay plugged in either with s 2 recovery and the, all the resources that we offer and with a body of believers. They don't necessarily have to be former addicts or alcoholics. Yeah. Very, very important. In fact, I'd just like to say it like this, man. If if you are called and are a believer and you're trying to live in the kingdom of God, whether you're an addict or not, I mean, there are certain things that you have to maintain. Yeah, man. Otherwise, you're going to be influenced by the world and you're going to fall back. In fact, the very thing that God asked the Israelites to do when he brought them into the promised land was he says, don't associate with these foreign nations. Yeah. Now, out of context, you know, that can be taken the wrong way. But what basically he's impressing upon us is if we don't maintain the things that God's calling us to do, then it's just human nature to fall out of that practice and go back to something that we see so commonly around us, which is the world. And so when we're asked, when people are leaving our program, we say, look, not only do you need to get plugged in with a church so that you can be surrounded by other like-minded people so you're influenced in a positive way and you're being taught all the time the truth, but also that you've got a personal responsibility to reading God's word, praying, you know, doing these things that, that believers do uh, so that we're protected in the kingdom of God yeah. and that, that our mindset is always being renewed and restored and these types of things because we're just influenced by a world that mostly is not doing that. And here, here's, here's kind of a practical thing. Bruce, don't turn around. Hey, Bruce is looking at me. Now, Bruce has a window behind him. And I know this is all illustrative because you can't see this. But, Bruce, tell me um, tell me what's on that brick wall outside of that. Without looking. No, no, no. You can't look. Oh. What's on that brick wall back behind you? Uh, cross. Nope. You know why Bruce doesn't know that? It's because that's a blind spot for him. But me sitting here as his brother, I could see his blind spots. And guess what? I can't tell what's behind me, but Bruce can. He could see my blind spots. He's got my back. And the reason that we're saying get plugged in is because God created us as beings that are community. Right. In fact, the things that he's called us to do is confess to one another, pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. He's called us to do these things. Iron sharpens iron. Be with like-minded people. 
Vastly important. Thank you for the question. Man, it is so important. Get plugged in. Hey, if, if you're listening to this, you want to see great resources, you plug into your church, but you can also go to our website, as you'll hear at the end. We've got catapults. We've got pot, these podcasts. We've got f- little short messages of hope, little um, words of hope, and we've got blogs. Do that. And then on Facebook, watch our catapults live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Mm. 7 p.m. Central. Sorry, I like didn't take a breath for four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. That's all the time we have. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. Hey friends, Nicole Eunice here from the How to Study the Bible podcast. I want to invite you to experience a fresh look at the story of Joseph and what it means for you today. Life can totally throw us for a loop, whether it's your family or your marriage, work, church, or something else entirely. Maybe you have found yourself in a season that you never would have expected and that you certainly wouldn't have signed up for. In this six-week Bible study together, we're going to talk about the biblical story of Joseph, a man who lived an unexpected life and trusted God through it all. We'll talk about the blessings he experienced, the promises God keeps, the way that tests of our character can actually refine our faith. We'll talk about patience. We'll talk about loss. Absolutely talk about redemption. So come join us for the six-week series over on the How to Study the Bible podcast. Can't wait to dive in with you.